Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio. We are brought to you today by our friends over at the Action Network. Alrighty, so Divisional Week is in the books. We are heading towards Championship Weekend, NFC and AFC Championship Weekend. Uh, Dan, how was your Divisional Playoff Weekend? It was interesting. We got some we got some good football for sure. Uh, a, a couple of really good games. Maybe the last one we'll ever see from Drew Brees, and potentially the last one we ever see from Tom Brady next year or next week. So uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of playing out. I think how most people maybe anticipated, aside from the Bills probably being the one the one standout here as we get later in the playoffs. But hopefully we see a healthy Patrick Mahomes. That hopefully that doesn't. Um, settle who wins the AFC. I'd pref- much prefer the Bills beat the Chiefs at full strength than them beat them with Chad Henney. So it's uh, it's looking good, though. It, it should make for a fun Super Bowl, I think, no matter what the combination is of teams. Yeah, and of course, you know, Bucks fan <laughs> yeah. here. But it, it's an interesting position because, you know, the Bucks have Tom Brady, but also I expected them to lose against the Saints. I expect them to lose against the Packers. So, like, there is a certain level of, like, you know, not getting your hopes up. And I don't have my hopes set up at all. So, I'm like, okay, anything I get is extra. Like, obviously, I I expected and, you know, wanted them to, to beat Washington. But if they can beat Green Bay, which I don't think is likely, I, I think that the both teams are completely different than they were, you know, week six, week, week seven, whenever that first game was. Um, but I also think both teams are much better than that. Like the Bucks are better than they were back then, and the Packers are much, much better than they were during that game. You know who else can be much, much better? You, the listeners. If you head on over to rotoviz.com and sign on up for your Rotoviz subscription, you can use promo code RVRADIO2021. That gets you 10% off of the subscription. And you get access to all the lovely tools, all of the stuff, all of the everything you could possibly want and need from Rotoviz. You can get by simply going and subscribing. Nathan uses it. I uses it. We win because of it. We want to help you win too. Fantastic. All right. So we've done quarterbacks and running backs the last two weeks. Make sure you listen to those if you haven't yet. And now we're moving on to the wide receiver position. This is the bread and butter. This is where Nathan builds his dynasty teams. He doesn't even know what the other positions are, uh, out, especially in one quarterback leagues. So wide receivers, this is where, where we get cooking, folks. And uh, I guess we're just going to get get right into it here. And I, I will say, at the wide receiver position in 2021 startups, I think that the top tier is four deep. There's four wide receivers who I would consider with the 101 pick in dynasty startups. And these four wide receivers are A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, C.D. Lamb, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as high, I think, on A.J. Brown as most. He's definitely made his way up. I don't know that I have him in that in that top four. Uh, for me, it's a top three, and then the old guys, and then more young guys. I originally, when we started doing this, had DK Metcalf as my wide receiver one when I was going through and and setting everything up. But I I think we genuinely see a return of the Seahawks of old in the near future with Russ, even his efficient self. And it's great. 
the volume may not be there to make the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one of DK Metcalf. So uh, I'm also really afraid of the potential Adam Gase news because dear Lord, let's not, not have that happen. Um, He's going to go to Tennessee though. Not the (laughs) Titans, the volunteers. I have a better idea. Now just hear me out. How about we just don't hire him? (laughs) Anyone needs a janitor. Gase is your guy. So uh, to the wide receiver conversation, I, for me, it, it's Justin Jefferson as the wide receiver one right now. Yeah, there's some question about maybe the potential volume in the Minnesota offense as well and whether or not it's going to be Kirk Cousins for however much longer. But when you look at Justin Jefferson, at least in my eyes, you see a truly special player, uh, an early and often elite player, something we really haven't seen I guess to this degree, maybe since Julio, I would guess is the last time we saw someone just truly dominant when he's out there making plays all over the place. I mean, rookie Odell. Yeah. Rookie Odell was pretty special too, especially back half of the season. That was, that was fun. You know, Justin Jefferson is all of that and potentially without some of the headaches that, that the front offices maybe don't like. He does have that swagger about him though. He's, he's got that, that little bit of, of Randy Moss in him. Which, which I dig. That's that's the one way we can compare him to Randy Moss is his swagger because he's got it. Yeah, for sure. And I don't fault you for having him wide receiver one here. Like I said, I think this is a Titan Nick rule four on my end. And then we're talking about CeeDee Lamb here. Lamb, he, he has a little bit of a wider variance because of, you know, there are, you know, the questions of Amari Cooper long-term. If, if we can somehow get Amari out of Dallas – CD lamb might see some ridiculous volume. Like mm-hmm. we have him this high and he's not projected to get like, you know, 12, 14 targets a game. Well, if you somehow exit Amari Cooper, I'm not, I, I have been number one on the bandwagon of Amari is a cowboy for life, basically. Um, but in the event that he's a cap casualty or something of, of that matter, CD lamb is even better than he is now. So I, I have him this high, you know, with that, you know, stipulation, but I will say that he might fall to the bottom of this tier if Dak leaves and, and basically quarterback becomes, you know, Mac Jones or whoever it might be that isn't as good as Dak Prescott. So uh, some question marks all around with these guys. I think A.J. Brown probably has the, you know, most long-term, like, clear situation. Tanhill's not going anywhere. You know, Cousins signed an extension, but eh. Um, so, yeah, I like, love all four of these guys. And next on my list are the two veterans – Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. These two, if they were a couple years younger, they would be in, in the tier of, of the other guys. But it's simply an age argument that, you know, I'll take, I'm going to take the extra years for free, essentially. So Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, two of the best receivers we've, we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, but they're just a little bit older. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and, oh, and they're, they're tied to the two best quarterbacks in. NFL history. So <laughs> that helps. That certainly helps. So with, with this group, I actually still, I do still have Deandre Hopkins there. He's the same age as Devonte Adams. Um, we've seen him do, I mean, definitely good enough with Kyler Murray in Arizona, obviously a nice change of scenery, even though we would prefer him to see him with Deshaun Watson. I also have in this group of quote unquote old guys to kind of round out our middle wide receiver one, Stefan Diggs. He went off this year, and there was a lot of question marks about whether or not he would mesh with the Bills offense, what Josh Allen would do taking his next step. Well, I think we can all agree it went about as good as it could, and we knew Stefan Diggs was good, but 
We always worried about volume, the inconsistencies in Minnesota. He was as good as it got this year. And having him in that wide receiver seven or eight range might be low. He he could be right there with, you know, Adams and Hill who are probably in that four, five, six. Obviously he is right there, but you know, there's, there's reason to, you know, you could genuinely put him ahead of those guys. If you really wanted to, what he was able to do this year, obviously matching what Devonte Adams did with Aaron Rodgers from a touchdown perspective um, and everything there. I mean, that's, that's massive. Those guys could honestly be your wide receiver ones. I think Stefan Diggs is right on their heels, if not but just in the same spot as them. So that's a, a tier of 26, 27 and 28 year olds. I think that all probably should be considered for wide receiver one. The problem is, is we just have really, really elite young talent that, in extra five years is the difference there. So you have Brown below Diggs Adams Hill. I have uh, AJ Brown next on my list. Yes. Okay. And so I have some of the younger guys sprinkled in with the veterans of uh, Diggs and Hopkins. And the young guys I have here are, I have McLaurin after Adams McLaurin at, at wide receiver seven. And then I have Ridley at wide receiver nine and then I have Hopkins at wide receiver 10. Okay, so following my my Hopkins, Adams, Hill, Diggs group uh, would be A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, T. Higgins, and Chris Godwin, followed by Terry McLaurin. The only reason I don't have Terry up higher is, again, the question marks at quarterback, the question marks in Washington, what that offense is going to look like. Obviously, they have Antonio Gibson to provide that, you know, that extra boost in the run game, but we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback in Washington. Uh, that's not a super comfortable feeling. And we obviously saw the inconsistencies with, with Terry McLaurin this year with the care, the, the carousel that it was, but, but we saw how good he was with the carousel. So like, just imagine a world where they get a Trey Lance or they get, you know, I, that's pretty much it. That's, the, that's who they have a shot at basically. Uh, but that I would consider a good quarterback or, you know, there there is somewhat of a free agency quarterback market as well, or, you know, maybe get on the Deshaun Watson trade sweepstakes. They probably don't have the trade ammo for that, but still maybe a two, a three team deal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There you go. uh, But anyways, my, my point here is that McLaurin was so good with bad quarterbacking that I'm projecting him to eventually have good quarterbacking in it. He, him flourishing in that situation. Someone should tell An- Alan Robinson that. Uh, the <laughs> the only reason he is there, and, and again, it's kind of nitpicking at this point in these tiers, it, we're splitting hairs because the guys to me are are very very similar in value. But he's twenty five. T Higgins twenty one. AJ Brown, who's at the top of this tier, and DJ Moore twenty three. Chris Godwin twenty four. And you mentioned Calvin Ridley, who I have in the next couple of spots is twenty six. So. Uh, you're talking about a couple extra years of of potential value, so or potential points, I should say. So for me, that's the difference in how they fall within the tier. But I, I don't see a huge value gap between those guys. And my 11 to 13 are guys that you have just said: uh, 11 T Higgins, Godwin 13, and DJ Moore uh, four. 11, 12, 13. Uh, Higgins 11, Godwin 12, Moore 13. Uh, these are all all three guys that, you know, I like to build my teams, wide receiver, wide receiver. If I can get two of this top 13, I'm sitting pretty. And I, I think they, 
it's, that's very attainable with how people are drafting running backs these days. So yeah, Higgins, Godwin, Moore. These are all all guys that I, I think that, and maybe I'm just going. I'm too bullish on on that top tier of Brown, Metcalf, Lamb, Jefferson. But I think that going from Hill all the way down to Moore is a very very close tier. I mean, it's not a tier. It's probably a, a tier breakup somewhere in there. But what I'm saying is that I don't think there's a much value separation between Tyreek Hill and DJ Moore. Yeah, and it's hard to argue with that. I, I, there was I, I forget who posted the stat. Uh, it's might may have been Russell Clay uh, that DJ Moore is like top five over the last two seasons in yards or something like that. So obviously the production's there. Maybe the touchdowns aren't, but he's still producing. And it, it's we have a really impressive top end of wide receiver you have the elite young you have the elite prime and then you have the guys that are just very good and pretty much sprinkled between 21 and 28 as far as down looking into like the 30 range so wide receivers deep it it can be splitting hairs you really have to be able to separate the high-end talent from just the good talent in good situations we we normally talk about talent winning out, but volume also matters. Where you are matters. An <laughs> offensive scheme matters as much as we don't want it to. Uh, so when when you are kind of arranging people within your or within your groups, just kind of keep in mind where guys are. You know who's around them, how old they are, because that will matter from a value perspective. It's not going to matter how old they are for how many points they're going to score. It's just mattering for long-term value. And next, I have a a, a group of three here, and I, I think that I'm going to be a little bit higher on this guy a, a, than you and most as well. I've got at 14 overall, I have Juju Smith-Schuster, 15 Amari Cooper, and 16, the much maligned Michael Thomas. Okay, so uh, I'm on, I believe, 13 here. Yeah, so I at my 13, so we're basically in the same spot. I have Amari Cooper, then I have Calvin Ridley, and at 15, I have Michael Thomas. So we're kind of in the same ballpark. I'm lower on Juju. I don't think he's either A, back with Pittsburgh, or Pittsburgh doesn't have Ben, which maybe at this point isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, but fighting for all of that volume in Pittsburgh has me lower. Uh, Juju's still a wide receiver too for me, just not in the top 15. So, so where do you have him? I actually have Juju at 23. Ooh, that's a bit low for my taste. And I, I think that what we, what we saw from, from Diggs and, and Hopkins in new landing spots can give you some hope for, for Juju Smith's Schuster's 2021 season. Uh, and ho- hopefully he goes to a better situation, uh, maybe maybe in Miami with Watson, maybe in Miami with Tua. Uh, th- that's my ch- my dream spot, personally. Uh, but either way, I-, I think that the most volatile of this group is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas could be down to wide receiver 40 this time next year. Or we could say, why, were, why was he not with Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins and T. Higgins? And the answer is he's older than all those guys. But... Still, like he has been a wide receiver one overall in Dynasty for a couple of years, and he had a he had a poor season due to injuries and Bree's arm dying. So, you know, I mean, we, we might just see him, you know, just be fine the rest of his career. But the question is, like, when's the bottom falling out, or has it already fallen out? I think the bottom already did fall out, and now potentially with Bree's being done. 
you all of a sudden have to worry that Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback there, or maybe it's the wild card Jameis Jameis Winston if he resigns. Uh, a lot of question marks. Yeah, whether the, with the caps the have like, the caps, like the Saints have like negative cap space. So I I honestly think it's Taysom and a rookie. Yikes! So yeah, I guess that's more worrisome I guess than anything, but. For what it's worth, I mean, he pretty much only catches slants anyways, so Taysom should be able to throw a slant. He may not be super awful. Potential to to squeak his way, for me, back into the wide receiver one category. I, I just lost a lot of value on me this year with all the crap and Drew Brees not being Drew Brees and potentially retiring. So that's a that's a weird one. And next, I'll dip my toe into the rookie pool a little bit at wide receiver... 17, I have one Jerry Judy. And wide receiver 18, I have Brandon Ayuk. So I have Judy here as well. Um, I have Ayuk a bit lower. Uh, again, just question marks with San Francisco quarterback. Uh, obviously, the, the Shanahan bid is is nice. But the dynamic between Ayuk and, and Debo has them in the wide receiver three category for me, both. Uh, I do think they're both very good. I, I just the outlook isn't super duper bright for me. So Judy for me here is a kind of on an Island in between a lot of vets on either side of him. It was hard for me to put him up with the Higgins and the Moors in that group, but also I, I couldn't really justify putting him down below like the Cooper cups and the Will Fuller. So I, I kind of split a really large group of vets with young Jared Jerry Judy. So I feel like even with Cortland Sutton there, he's going to get his. Uh, I feel like he is the better wide receiver there. Uh, that doesn't mean to say that Cortland Sutton isn't still going to be at least a little bit Cortland Sutton. They have to figure out the quarterback position, but uh, I, I do like the upside of Jerry Judy, which is why I do have him here in the middle of the of the wide receiver two area. But following him is some some pretty high end vets, if you will. And and before we talk about those high end vets, let's talk about the high end content you can get from our friends over at Action Network. I hope you're all sitting down because we have to tell you something monumental. We love sports betting. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of Pro Systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro Sub is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive, are you sitting down? A 50% off annual pro subscription. Yes, 50% off. So just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code RODOVIZ. This offer won't last long, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code RODOVIZ for 50% off and start betting smarter today.
And let's get back to uh, your, your spiel here, Dan. That's right. The spiel continues. After young Jerry Judy, I've got a group of vets, uh, starting with Allen Robinson, who continues to prove everybody wrong that he certainly can thrive with the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and at every level, to be completely honest. So we'll start with Allen Robinson, followed by Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. Then we get a little bit younger with DJ Chark, followed by a couple more Oldenbergs, as I like to call them, Kenny Galladay and Odell Beckham. All right. So we're, we're getting uh, pretty close here. Next, I have Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Kenny Galladay. So we're, we are kind of in the same ballparks here. I think these guys are going to fall similarly for most. DJ Chark probably could be higher, especially with incoming Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. But they still have Visca Chenault there, who I would imagine is going to start making his way up some lists pretty quickly. He was pretty highly sought after as a Debbie asset, and even coming into the NFL draft, slid a little bit, but finds himself in, in a pretty opportune uh, spot with Jacksonville. So uh, I do think both DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault could see themselves moved up. I have Visca down just a little bit here. Kenny Galladay is, is kind of an intriguing one because... We don't know the the future, I guess, with the Detroit Lions. We don't know if Galladay is going to be back there. We don't know if Stafford is going to be back there. That team's kind of in just, I guess, in pieces at this point. Uh, pretty disappointing 2020, but it seemed like injuries across the board, and Kenny Galladay included in that with the hip, even though he was taking pictures dancing with, uh, I'll assume it was his girlfriend or wife. Won't make any <laughs> other assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> but when he's on field, he produces. He, even with Marvin Jones there, or, or the shell of what was Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay has always been a, a nice fantasy producer. So um, we all know Nathan loves Mike Evans. I was surprised I made he made an appearance here in the top twenty because it was it'd be very like me to put him outside the top twenty. Yeah, and it was a somewhat. I mean. Granted, he is the first and only player ever to have a thousand yards in his first seven seasons, but it was a disappointing season for Evans just because Antonio Brown took some of the, the spotlight off and he wasn't getting degaff balls from James Winston. Like we called it, we, we called it when Winston left and Brady joined, like, yes, Brady's a better quarterback, but Brady's not going to give you the crazy passing yards, the, the crazy receiving yards that Winston did. So we predicted it would happen and it would happen. And that led to, you know, somewhat of a decrease in the value of Mike Evans. And he's getting, he's getting a little bit older, uh, getting a little bit older. Granted, he's probably still like 27, but 27. Yep. Yeah. So, which is, we're, he's played in the NFL for seven seasons and he's 27 years old. I, I'm not a math expert there, but that, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so Mike Evans, he's solid here to, to round out the top 20. Allen Robinson, to an extent, also, you know, the age is similar there, and you're kind of playing on him getting a better quarterback, which is almost guaranteed. I don't know where he could go <laughs> and have a worse quarterback. And Cortland Sutton, you have bouncing back from injury, and DJ Chark you have with Trevor Lawrence. And Sutton I have down in the 30 range just because of what we hope for the big bounce back from injury. Uh, but we also have to hope for better quarterback play, their ability to spread it around. They do still have Noah Fant. Uh, so either I'm too high on Jerry Judy or I'm too low on Cortland Sutton, possibly both, but it's, I think for me going to be difficult to get everyone the volume they deserve. And 
for the money, I would say Noah Fant probably deserves a bigger piece of the offense than maybe he's been getting. We got to see him shine a little bit this year with Sutton out, but I, I can't imagine they're going to want to shy away from that with Sutton back next year. So uh, I guess before we move on, I mentioned Odell Beckham here. Uh, he's at 23 for me. Where is Odell on your list, Nathan? 28, and he, I mean, we talked about how Michael Thomas is volatile. Odell Beckham might be off your dynasty rankings page this time next year, or he might be creeping back towards the top 20, but I just don't, like, we're so far removed from him having, you know, a stud type fan. He he was solid in, in 2019. He wasn't terrible, and obviously had the injury in 2020, but that Browns offense is not exactly exciting from a fantasy perspective for the wide receiver and his age and his injuries. I, I just don't think you can count on Odo Beckham right now. When he's good, he's one of, if not the best in the game. The problem is, is he's wildly inconsistent and Cleveland just doesn't really bode well for big time wide receiver output. Like you mentioned. So uh, I struggle, and, and, it's not, and it's not changing because Chubb and Hunter both sign. Wait, is Chubb signed long term? Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, so, yeah. So Chubb and Hunter are, are signed long term. They're not going to just suddenly say, "Okay, well, we have Chubb and Hunt, but we're only going to run the ball twelve times a game." Right, and, and you know, Baker is Baker. He's he's going to have his big games, but again, that that team runs, no pun intended, through the run game. It's just how that team has to operate. Their defense continues to get better. They're going to be a playoff team now, and they're going to get to the playoffs by running the ball, not to targeting Odell 13 times a game. So it's it's kind of a weird spot here in the rankings. There's a lot of a lot of kind of volatile players, some older guys that maybe are just sliding down because the younger guys are jumping them. And then you kind of sneak into the high floor or high ceiling type guys like Cooper Cup, for instance, who I have here at 24. Cooper Cup is, to me, just a really high floor play. Um, been producing pretty nicely uh, in L.A., even with Jared Goff being the mediocre quarterback that he is. Cup and Woods just kind of continuously are are undervalued. There was a short time where Cooper Cup was overvalued, and that kind of corrected itself. But uh, it, it's kind of a weird spot to have him. He probably could be as low as like 35, just because there are guys down for this list that are younger, have more upside. I just really like the floor of Cooper Cup. And then immediately next on the list, super high ceiling, potential wide receiver one, Will Fuller. If the man can stay healthy, if he can stay off the roids, and, well, maybe not this high anymore because of Deshaun Watson probably being gone. Even so... He's so good when he's on the field that you could justify having him up 10 spots. Yeah, Fuller's a guy I have a little bit deeper. I have him at 35 overall uh, from my receiver perspective. And I, I just think there's so much risk involved. And just adding another risk with, with the steroids and the uncertainty with his future. Um, I'll, I'll try and catch up a little bit here. At, at 24, I have Debo Samuel. 25, Deontay Johnson. 26, Keenan Allen. 27, Tyler Lockett. And 29, Corey Davis, Chase Claypool, 30, and Cooper Cup, 31. I will say, when making my rankings, putting Cooper Cup at 31 is the the point where you're like, wide receiver is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you might disagree with the, the 30 guys that I have above him, but the fact that you can make an argument that Cooper Cup is the wide receiver 31, a guy who is almost guaranteed to be a top 24 wide receiver for the next two 
at least two to three years. Like, and maybe that's a flaw in my ranking process. But, I, yeah, the wide receivers are so deep. I have Cooper Cup at wide receiver 31. But to highlight some guys uh, that above them, uh, Deontay Johnson, I don't like Deontay Johnson. I think he's not that good. But it, there's shades of Devontae Adams where he was been so bad early in his career, but he gets so much volume that Devontae Adams, that, that flip switched. And he went from, like, guy with too much volume to guy with amazing volume who's playing well. So on the off chance that that flip switches, Deontay Johnson is worthy of being ranked as a top 25 wide receiver. And then the other guys, Chase Claypool, I think that he, he – He's as good, if not better, than Deontay Johnson. And uh, I guess the other notable is Corey Davis, you know, pending free agent. Yeah, so I, I think maybe once you get outside the top 24, 25, there's a lot of directions you can go. I think this is probably where you'll start to see the most differences in people's rankings when you're looking at them on various websites, whether you're listening to them here. But, you know, we kind of have the same types of groups. My next little batch there is going to be just Teammate sets, essentially, Ayuk and Samuel, and then Deontay Johnson and Claypool. Whoever separates themselves from the other could find themselves in the top 20 very easily. I, like you, don't think Deontay Johnson is great, but we chase volume in this game, and he gets it. Claypool, I think, has the chance to be a stud in the league. I think he could be up in that top 18 or so uh, with due time. Ayuk, I think, is is super high ceiling, not very high floor. I think he's good enough to get it, but the question marks in San Francisco, I think, have me a little lower maybe than some. And Debo Samuel's right there with him as well. I think he's a much higher floor. Uh, I think he's more consistent. The injuries have, have hindered him a bit, as well as the inconsistent quarterback play. So it's kind of a weird spot here in the rankings. But uh, I think instead of going down the list, let's maybe grab a handful, two, three guys here uh, while we wrap the show that you, Nathan Powell, think could make a big leap or maybe a couple you think could fall off the face of the planet here in the next, I don't know, 10 or 15 so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going out on a huge limb, but Adam Thielen is a guy who I, I think could be worth very little in the next one to two years because of his age, because of the way he plays, because of his situation. There's just there's a lot of possible cons in the Adam Thielen game, but he's still a very good football player as it stands. Um, Julio Jones is a guy who, he can't gain value, but he's, he probably won't lose value either. He's probably going to be steady in this 30 to 40 range for the, for the next couple of years, assuming he doesn't you know pull an A.J. Green and just stop working. Um, <laughs> and then, but... One guy who has a huge ceiling in this range is Jalen Rager. Uh, you know, first round pick. We saw the success of a lot of the first round pick wide receivers. He had minimal success in year one. Um, I I got yelled at on Twitter for saying he's not a bust yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little silly, but um, if, if the Eagles can get anything filled out, uh, anything filled out, anything figured out offensively, Rager's the spot for it to happen. Michael Gallup, in the event of a, a Cowboys injury, uh, you know, can ascend here. And, you know, a guy who's just permanently undervalued, Jervis Landry. Like, uh, he's going to give you wire receiver two, high wire receiver three numbers, and you're going to get him for basically a late first-round pick type value now. 
Yeah, I have Landry and Woods here kind of in the same in the same spot, very similar value and very similar fantasy output. Uh, I think, again, like you said, just guys that are undervalued and you can get them for real cheap. Julio Jones, Adam Thielen. And unfortunately, I had to put Tyler Lockett in that group. I think there's a, a real chance he could fall off with those guys as well. There was some injury cur- uh, injury concerns uh, earlier in his career that as he gets older, maybe start to creep up, start to worry me more when thinking about it. It's another reason why I still don't have DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver one because he's had about 47 concussions. So uh, those those types of guys keep sliding down. They're great if you're in, in championship form and you can get them for cheap. Fantastic. You can't tie a lot of value. You can't sink a lot of value into guys like that, though, because you know, as soon as tomorrow, they could have zero value. And that's and that's scary. And you could say that with anybody too. Anything can happen at any given time and anyone can lose value. But as they get older, players really get close to that value cliff. Um, one guy I mentioned earlier who I think could make a big leap in this group is LaVisca Chenault with, with Trevor Lawrence incoming. Obviously, DJ Chark should be their wide receiver one there. But Chenault is a fantastic player. He could very easily make a big climb. Another one that uh, I may be a little too high on or, or maybe a little too optimistic about is Hollywood Brown in Baltimore. I think if we can ever see Lamar return to his passing efficiency that we saw last year rather than this year, I think Hollywood Brown could absolutely make his way up the board as wide, in the wide receivers, as well as Mark Andrews and the tight ends who we'll be talking about in the future. But those guys for me, I think are a couple that really could take a big step. I, I will say Hollywood Brown, he really did screw things up for us. Uh, because he was six weeks away from being free, and then he went on a six-week tear. Like, he was going to be worth like a mid-second round pick, and not even worth a mid-second pick. I got Hollywood Brown in one league for a late second in Tyler Johnson. So <laughs> that happened at one point. <laughs> but yeah, Hollywood Brown definitely a guy who I think could you know ascend to that top twenty type tier. We just got to see more passing volume from from Lamar Jackson, and we got to see you know. We, we we talked about we've talked about how you know Tua slash the Dolphins need a burner at wide receiver because Preston Williams and and, J- and Devontae Parker can't get separation. Well, the Ravens need the opposite. They need a guy who can win at the catch point, a guy who can you know get those first downs. So when they have that guy, you know, getting the, the shorter stuff, Hollywood Brown op- opens up for the deep stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean anything anything for sure is possible. It'll be it'll be an interesting offseason, no doubt. And I'm sure these rankings will change tenfold. But that's what we have for you today as far as the wide receiver ranks go. Nathan, is there anybody else you wanted to talk about before we wrap? Um, No, I think Pittman is a, a, a decent look uh, right now. Michael Pittman, that is, of course. And, yeah, that's really it. Um, I think once you get, get to this point, my advice is always take the guy who was drafted highly and had a bad rookie year. And the last person I'll mention, uh, or I guess leave you with a, a little phrase, by Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Kadoosh! What's our promo code? Is it Rotoviz?